Welcome to The Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Welcome to this episode of The Determined Mom Show. I have the lovely Tyronica Gibson with me today, and she is the founder and creator of the Parent Playground app. And she's also the host of the Shift Happens podcast. And I said shift with an F. <laughs> Welcome, Tyronica. Hi, thank you. Yeah, I love that name, by the way. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's a play on um, words because, you know. Yeah both ways. <laughs> yep. It definitely does. It definitely does. So I'm really excited to have you here because this is something that we haven't talked about yet on the podcast that really, really is important and it really needs to be talked about. So we're going to talk about how to own your co-parenting role and make your life easier. So okay. before we get into that, can you just tell us a little bit about you and your background? So everybody is kind of familiar with you as we go forward. Yeah. So as you guys know, my name is Tyronica. Um, so I pretty much, um, like a mom from North, a lot of my things that I do, uh, like a lot of other parents revolve around, you know, my child, um, she's eight. So she's at the age where she's still semi-independent, but still demands a lot of like mommy and attention time. I, I do that. I work on my app um, full time. I do that. I work with parents. I have other programs that I have implemented through the Parent Playground brand, where I work with other businesses and work with other parents like myself who just really kind of enjoy having fun with their kid um, and being able to make money doing that. Yeah, that's, I think that's like me, like in a nutshell, um, besides the fact that I am enjoy corny jokes, like the cornier the joke, the better you will get me. So, you know, if you guys come up with any like jokes, you know, just hit me up in my DM because I'm always here for a good laugh. Awesome. I am so into corny jokes too. My husband has like almost a negative sense of humor on the meter and oh <laughs> sometimes it gets me into trouble, but my kids like it. So, you know, it works out well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, exactly. My daughter's like telling me jokes. So it's a win-win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So tell us a little bit about your podcast too, while you're talking about it. So the podcast is really just honed in on, you know, parents having a safe space to be able to talk about the uncommon, uncomfortable topics. Uh, I think that we have, because of social media, we have this thing where you have to, you know, make it look like you're a perfect parent and, you know, nothing ever goes wrong. And it's just like, yo, like stuff goes wrong all the time. Probably something goes wrong like every single day. So it's just about, you know, us just being able to come here and talk about those tough, tough topics that we kind of like talk about in public, I mean, in private with our friends, but not really like on a public platform because it's kind of like this shield that we have up or this it's like this thing that it's like, oh, you don't talk about that. And it's like, no, like my child is not getting a full meal every night. Sometimes yeah. she goes to bed and popcorn was her dinner. Okay. Yeah. So it's just about like owning up to like what parenting like really is and, you know, being okay with not being a perfect parent because you're never going to achieve that. So it's just about accepting where you are now, meeting you and your child where you are and having that space to talk about it and have other parents relate and then maybe even give you a shift on how you can direct a way that you do something if you're trying to look for a different way to do it versus the perfect way because that's not existed. 
Yeah. So yeah. And then we just talk shit about the stuff that our kids do after we work so hard to take care of them. (laughs) Yeah. To make them perfect. Right. To wrap them up in little bows and and like, okay, you shouldn't be saying that because you're my child. And yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. So it's really like a big play on that. FTK moment movement that's going on and a lot of other parents like some people who don't have kids don't understand when we say FTK and they're like how can you say this about your kid it's like Mm -hmm. like if you understand the amount of effort I put into my child outside of Mm -hmm. just the basic and then for my child to not appreciate it it's like you don't understand what I went through to make sure that you were like ecstatic and then you just looked at me and said mom I hate it and I'm like oh, okay. Well, you know, forget all my efforts. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so true. And something that, um, well, I love the the theme of the podcast, by the way, the topics, but something that I've noticed in real life is that it's hard to find other moms that are willing to talk about those things, like in real yeah. life, like it's almost impossible. I have two mom friends that I accidentally made friends with through my daughter's preschool. And our, their sons were in my daughter's class. So then they were like the three musketeers after that. But since then, I haven't really, besides my best friend from middle school, I really don't have another friend that I can really talk to about those things. So I find it really difficult. Yeah. And that's exactly what this platform is created for to, you know, like give you that space to have that safe space to talk about that stuff that you don't really have anything, have that anyone to talk to about it with and then also hearing other parents talk about their experiences and realizing that you're not alone other parents are probably going through the same thing if not worse and we are just we're doing our best yeah hang it we're doing our best yes definitely definitely so let's talk about co-parenting tell us a little about your background and your story and how you got into co-parenting no as if it's like a job <laughs> um, no the birds and the bees okay. yeah <laughs> Yeah, so I I have, like I said, I have an eight-year-old child. Um, At one point in time, me and her father were married. um, And then we separated and we got divorced. And we have been separated, I want to say, going on about like three and a half years now, like three years and around that area. So pretty much we can co-parenting since then. It's been a roller coaster, to say the least. There are extremely like good times where I'm just like, yeah, this is great. And then there's other times where it's just like, I hate you so much right now. Like, so it's definitely a roller coaster and it's been truly like a learning experience for not only for me, but definitely even like for my child, because we have a lot of conversations. So we're going to get to, which helps me kind of navigate the place I've been going into recently the past couple of months on you know, how co-parenting should look and especially releasing my initial dream of mm-hmm. what I thought our co-parenting situation would look like. You know, I, you know, went to it thinking like, hey, we can be friends, like you can be my bestie. And, you know, when we do get into other relationships, you can just be one big blended family. And yeah. it's just like, you know, that is, that's not going to happen. So I had to, I had to really be okay with that alternate reality and learn how to make that work. So it isn't so much friction on myself and especially on my child, because she is the direct bearer of, you know, that situation. So Mm -hmm. she's affected way more than what I knew at the beginning. So that's why a lot has transpired from then until now. I think I want to go back to 
two things that you said. One of them is the age. So it's interesting the difference between like if you were to get separated at like, you know, when the child is like two or maybe three, they Mm -hmm. really don't really know any difference. Right. But with your daughter being eight and having it only be like three years ago, so she was like maybe four or five, she probably remembers what it was like to have you both under the same roof. So I feel Mm -hmm. like that's a little even more challenging than if it's a younger child and you're, you know, you separated before they can actually like cognitively keep all those memories in place. Yeah, definitely. Because it did happen for her perspective. I can see how it happened like really fast. It was like one day mom and dad are in the house together and literally within a month time span, like we were. Mm-hmm. So, and then it was a switch of, you know, living in one state to us completely moving to a different state also. So it was a lot that changed in such a short period of time. I actually enrolled her into therapy because she had a really hard time, you know, letting go of the concept that her parents weren't going to be together and really didn't even help when, you know, she, you know, when COVID was over and she was able to go back to school, you know, mingle with her friends and having, you know, a lot of her friends, their parents to be together. That was an additional blow to her and what she was going through because she wanted so badly for her parents to be together and that just wasn't her reality so it was a lot of you know conversations that I had to have with her like over and over again and especially with you know her going through therapy that I would encourage any other parent like please even if you think your child is not going through anything like they probably are. Um, You have to understand this is a life-changing experience, not just for you, but for them. Mm -hmm. And having a therapist, because at the beginning, she wasn't so comfortable speaking with me about how she really felt. She just wanted to keep it like, you know, why can't you and daddy be together? Instead of like, you know, a conversation of her trying to get to that acceptance phase. Like she was Mm -hmm. really like stuck on, I'm not going to accept anything differently. That's where the therapist uh, came in and was able to give us great assistance with that. So now she understands that, you know, it's going to be two different households. And I try to explain to her like, hey, like now you'll get like double of everything. Like you get like two worlds. So it's like you're, you know, you're winning, quote unquote, because you get double. Yeah, that's awesome. So the other thing that I wanted to mention is. I know you said you had that vision of like being able to co-parent and have like co-birthday parties and like Christmas, you know, like I know exactly what you're talking about. And I do want to mention that I know someone, a couple who divorced when their daughter was like two. Okay. And they like literally hated each other for like the first like seven, eight years, maybe after that. And then and I'm just offering you a little bit of hope here. Yes, I have five <laughs> years then, ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then like gradually they started getting as a little better, a little better. Then they started doing like a little, like they'd show up to sporting events, you know, and like now, like her new husband and her old husband, like they all literally do things together. Her, her old husband and her new husband literally do things without her yeah. together. So it's just it is possible. It just takes a long time and takes a lot of everybody working through stuff. So yeah, definitely. I really know that it is a lot of work that the parents have to do, Mm -hmm. especially with themselves, because, you know, separating and getting divorced and all of that, 
that I think people don't realize how big of a transition that is like emotionally, even down from, you know, you go through one phase of emotions when you're just getting separated. And then you go through a whole nother phase of emotions when, you know, you get that piece of paper that says that you're actually like divorced, even though you guys haven't been living that way for a while, mm-hmm. it's still another emotional step that you have to work through. Yeah. And your child doesn't have to experience that part. So you don't have to actually like tell them, but yeah. So like, that was like my initial thing. And at the beginning, like we were like cool. And like, I felt like the co-parenting was going great. And then I really think that because we didn't have like a good like ending and there was still a lot of like anger and all of that stuff that that played a major role in how our co-parenting was to go moving forward. So it was like, you can only fake it for a minute, uh, a second. So that's what the beginning was. It was like, let's try to be cool and like, you know, act like we're okay. And then like, you know, when stuff really started like going down the line, it's like, okay, we're really not okay. And this is when all this crap started happening. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's hard, but you're doing an amazing job. Um, and just being able to talk about it and, you know, share your experience and all of those things is such a huge blessing for everybody listening. So I truly appreciate that. What is, what are some of these structures and how do you set up your role as a co-parent in order to make things easier for you and your daughter? All right. Well, (laughs) let's get into it. I have a list for that. All right. Uh, first things first, uh, working on yourself as like a person, not as a mom, a daughter, or whatever else you do with your career, literally working on yourself. So I went through an extensive like six month transformational program. I, and again, me and my daughter enrolled in therapy at the same time. So it's like, I started doing a lot of work like on my mental and emotional health. And then again, you know, changing the way that I ate, Um, you know, exercising, which I don't always stick to, but Mm -hmm. really the key is working on yourself because if you're not honest with yourself where you are emotionally and mentally, like nothing's ever going to change. So I also have to be honest with myself and have a conversation with myself, like, Hey, like you're not okay. And it's like, even though, you know, you made a great decision by ending this relationship you also at one point really wanted this relationship. So that's still an emotional change that you have to go through and, you know, go through that grievance process. So it's really just about focusing on taking care of yourself because when you're not in a good place, you know, it's, it's going to affect everything. It's going to affect the way you parent. It's going to affect your job. And it's definitely going to affect your co-parent relationship because now your problem has a face yeah. and it has a name. And we project that onto the other person every time they don't do something, no matter how minor it is, or they do something that you don't like. So it's just like, shit, like, yeah. Like, (laughs) like, what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. So that for me, like that is like the first thing. Um, I even suggest that if you can, if the other parent is open to it, doing kind of like a co-parenting course together or like a therapy session, because I think that because the communication is kind of like diminished from your relationship and having that shift into this co-parenting thing is extremely difficult to navigate, especially when, cause you're two different people. So you're not going to be exactly at the same area at the same time. So just having like a mediator there to guide you guys on your communication and how you guys can 
figure out how to work with each other and meet each other where you are and kind of like to reprioritize your focus in your child. Um, that can be a little bit difficult, especially when, when we were together, we didn't really see eye to eye on everything when it came to like raising her. So now that we're not together, that's even a bigger elephant in the room because it's like, well, yeah. we already didn't agree on that. So we're definitely not going to do it now. But it's just about, you know, you sometimes you have to mix the co-parenting with parallel parenting, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And if, yeah, yeah. And if anyone listening doesn't know what parallel parenting is, it's really like, you know, this is just the area of parenting where we're not working together necessarily on it. Like when she's with you, you do whatever you feel is best in that situation. And when she's with me, I'll do whatever's best for her in this situation. You have to kind of like weave in and out with that. Yeah. I think one of the best examples of that would be like eating. Like if your household eats healthy and then the other person's household doesn't, you know, that when the child goes over there, then they're not going to be eating well. And you know, that's just it. And you really can't control it. I think that's one of the biggest frustrations I hear from, you know, friends and and family that have that uh, co-parenting thing going on. So yeah, I, that was definitely one thing with us because um, I started switching to um, plant-based for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's like, hey, like what, like she's a kid. Like, yeah, there's still good food. Yeah, and, uh, it's yeah. literally plants. Like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> like what else is better than that? No. <laughs> and then I found plant-based chicken nuggets at the store. So it's yes. like, hey, like she doesn't know the difference. She loves it. Yeah. So it's, you know, let's yeah. just agree and then you just do what you do and I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I love that. So we have taking care of yourself and yes. potentially going to counseling with your, you know, co-parent and then also putting your child in counseling. We'll add that one back in from before we yeah. started talking about the the steps, but what are the anything else or yeah, accountability. And accountability goes to back to yourself. So you have to understand when you're in a mood or when your mind is in a certain thinking phase that that can hinder your co-parent relationship. So it's not all about blaming the other parent for, you know, what you feel like they're not doing or what they could do better. Because at the end of the day, they're their own person. And, you know, they're kind of like in a stage right now, like F you. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you're really not going to get anywhere. So you can keep my, I got stuck into this thing that I kept complaining about, like what he wasn't doing and what I feel like he can do differently. Cause you know, I felt like, you know, I've always had all the plans done for her. Like when it comes to like weekend activities, like I would, at the beginning, I was even planning their like weekend activities together. And, you know, that segues me into like being like an enabler now. So it's like, you're never going to learn how to be a parent on your own without me, you know, always like kind of like, like camp eating you Mm -hmm. and like setting up everything. So one, I had to cut that off. I had to cut off the enabling and, you know, had to pretty much like, kind of like train him like, Hey, like, this is how I find events. I'm just like a normal person. I go on Facebook Mm -hmm. and I find events. And this is actually how the app one of the reasons the app came about because oh, one cool. day he told me, he was like, you know, she's a little girl. I don't know what to do with her. You know, guys, we don't just set up play dates. And I'm just like, and when he said that, he's been saying that for a while. And then one of my male cousins came and told me like he was going through like a similar situation where he just doesn't know what to do with his kid because, you know, when they were with their partner, the partner planned everything and they kind of mm-hmm. just like, they were told. So I'm like, okay, so clearly this is a, 
widespread problem through fathers when they are separated. So yeah. that was another reason why the app, I wanted it to be so important that fathers were included. Cause like, you know, honestly, they just really may not know. They, they weren't in that position at first where they had to figure it out. So now they are, and it's just like, hey, at least here's a great starting point and you can start finding the places that you go. So now they go to LOL kids all the time. Like, like that's her staple place. Like mm -hmm. how we have a staple place that we just go to by default. So it's like, now he's able to navigate that. So it was about me, you know, letting go of like my horns and my controller-ness of me having to be in control and understanding that I couldn't enable him anymore because I on one hand was enabling him and then getting mad when he's asking me a question about something I feel like he should know. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, that's not fair because it's like, you're getting mad at what he's always done. So you have to give him time to transition into that. And again, that goes back to accountability for yourself. And it's like, you can't always like blame the other parent. You can open up the space and how I operate is because I'm still the controller, you know, mm -hmm. work in progress, but it will always be what it is. Yeah. I'm going to tell you and I'm going to teach you. And then after that, you have to continue to execute it. Now, I'm only going to get upset when you're not continuing to execute what I know you know better. But also, when it comes to being a parent, like, this is my first case, a lot that I had to figure out on my own. So between YouTube, Facebook, all these things, groups that are out here, like, you know, I'm not magic. I mean, <laughs> I am. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like you have to take the initiative to learn what it is that you don't know. So after you get to a certain point in your life and in parenthood, like there is no excuse for what like you don't know because it's mm -hmm. cool. You don't know this first time, but you can find out how to do it differently or better moving forward. So it's about you taking that initiative. So that's where my problem comes in or our problem comes in a lot. It's just like I need you to take initiative because I'm done with the teaching and learning phase. Yeah, I've you the basics and the foundation. Now you just have to navigate it for yourself. Yeah. And I think it's unreasonable, like you said, at a certain point to knowing that Google is out there and like you can literally find the answer to any question within like two seconds. Like exactly. there's no excuse anymore. Like maybe like back in 1990. Yeah. Right. Now we're in like 2022. So no but excuse. I'm like, yo, like we live in Vegas. Mm -hmm. There's always something going on. Like there's literally yeah. no excuse on why you can't find something to do. Yeah. And then luckily for us, like our child is like really chill. Like she's really good with just like, oh, like I'll be in the house this weekend. And, you know, she'll just want to play on her tablet with her friends, you know, that dang Roblox or like, you know, we'll go to the pool. So it's like, she's not even the type of kid that you have to plan all this extravagant stuff for. Like she's really content with like the bare minimum. I can take her to the dollar store and get her balloon and she'll have the time of her life. So, yeah, and it's just, so going back to the main accountability, um, well, like done with accountability, now this shift is into blame shifting. So there's a whole lot of victim mentality that, you know, the parents take turns on being in. It's like, you know, well, you did this, you did that. And it's just like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. If we're both focusing on our child, then... I mean, very few things can actually go wrong, but it's like when your focus is not there, that's when you leave room for error and you leave room for friction and all the arguing and all that stuff. So it's like, you can, like I said, you can complain about what the other person is not doing, but at the end of the day, you have no control over them. 
you can only you can only control how you react to it and then make adjustments in your life to combat that. So I even did like a small thing to where like seeing his name pop up on my phone is triggering. So I changed his name on my phone. Yeah. Uh, what did you change it to? <laughs> I must know unless you can't share it. <laughs> yeah. So right now the name is Chad. Okay. <laughs> so like even nice. like if I have to like feel like I need to like vent really quick to like my friends or somebody. I mean, I know my child, like, you know, kids, you think that they're busy, but Mm-hmm. you know, they have like bionic ears. Mm-hmm. So like, I even started like using like different code names. And then it's like now, even when like I'm switching up names, you know, for him, like how I say the name, like they know, like mm-hmm. who I'm talking about, or, like, you know, whatever situation is. So, you know, a little trick for myself and it works great. When I see that little name pop up on the screen, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, yeah, it's not also, as triggering. I love that. <laughs> I think yeah. that's funny. I was thinking you were going to say like some kind of like uh, interesting uh, nickname oh, or yep. nope, <laughs> I love it. Super basic, super yeah. unrelated to anything. Just, you know, yeah. if you even if you try to change a name to something that it, you're still going to trigger yourself because you're changing to something that's not desirable. So yeah. I had to change it to something that didn't make me feel away. I don't mm-hmm. even know what you had. So yeah. it's like, I have no attachment to that name. Yeah. So I think Chad and Karen should be like the default, uh, <laughs> <the> default <laughs> co-parent names in the phone, yeah, Chad exactly. and Karen. And then also like, I started setting up my life to where I'm always prepared to have my child. So like, I would tell people sometimes like, yeah, like my life is like pretty much set up like a single mom, even though technically I'm not a single mother, but my life is set up that way so that if there is some inconsistencies because where the frustration comes out on my end is if the other parent is being inconsistent or like something happens, I'll get irritated or upset because now that infringes on my plans or what I'm trying to do. But if I already have my life set up to where no matter if assuming that I'm going to have my child, then when that inconsistency happens, I'm not as affected. Like true enough, I'm still going to get irritated but at the end of the day, like the irritation of the scope to that five minute, you get five minutes to be upset, do whatever you need to do, and then get back on it. So it's like, now that I have all those backend processes for myself set up, whenever he doesn't do something that I expect him to do, it's not as bothersome because it's just like, one, I know this already. And two, I'm already set up to handle this. So I already have like an on-call babysitter, like, you know, so none of my plans or anything has to shift at the last minute. And granted, when you're a parent, stuff does happen at the last minute because, you know, you have a kid, you know, mm-hmm. she's going to hurt herself or she gets sick, whatever the case is. But for the most part, it's like when it comes to him doing something, there's no longer he can do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, OK, I have a setup to have my kid. Yeah. And it also comes down to communication. You know, sometimes you know, when you guys are not in that good phase and, you know, there's a lot of petty like blows being said, it's kind of like. I would get upset. And then my best friend, she talks to me all the time. She's like, Ronnie, like you're getting up, upset about shit that you know that he does. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, you're saying that he said all this stuff to you. And then I had to realize and have a conversation with myself. Like he can only say so much to you in one message. So it's like, if you don't even engage or even respond to that message that quote unquote pissed you off, mm-hmm. he can't say the other shit afterwards because yeah. you already didn't respond. Yep. So it's just like, 
a duh, like you're just doing it to yourself. Like, you know, he's texting you to piss you off. So it's just like, yeah. are you going to fall into it? Or is going to be like, yo, like have a little pretty party and yeah. I'll talk to you later. Probably not. Maybe if I don't have to, yeah. but also like, so again, it's all about self-control with yourself. Cause again, an argument can only happen when two people are engaging in an argument. That's very true. There's only, yeah, you can't have a one-sided argument for sure. I agree. Right. So the best they can do is text you a couple of stuff back to back, and then they're going to get tired of talking to themselves. And then that's fine. And then you start doing that and you start like training them. So it's like, ever since I started putting that into practice, because I'm more of a, I got to have a last word type of person, like, no, let me tell you about yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, yo, but that's only irritating me. Yeah. Cause you're so like, kind of, it just bounces off them and directs right back to you. And you're like, yeah. right. So this like, and then I'm all like hyped up and frustrated and just like, yo, just stop responding. And then, you know, now it's working out great because he texts me a lot less bullshit now, just mm-hmm. because he's not going to get a response. And then I have like this rule now, just like, if you text me something, I'm not going to respond. And then what he'll do is so funny. I wonder if he's going to hear this and be like, oh, that's what you've been doing. <laughs> like, yes, yes, yes. So he'll text something that tried to trigger me. Then I won't respond. Then he'll text something that's relevant to the child mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, now I want you to respond to me. But my new rule is once you cross that line, you are now on communication block mm-hmm. or however you want to title it like there's a there's a time period and for me it's 24 hours where no matter what you text me after that even if it's directly related to our child because you already crossed that boundary you are you can now communicate you cannot communicate with me for a 24-hour period no matter what it's about Mm -hmm. so unless it's a dire emergency where you know she needs to get rushed to the hospital or she's missing Mm -hmm. there's no reason for us to communicate right now right I like that. That's like a hard boundary. And he knows that like you've told him that, or he just kind of felt it. I just just started doing it. Cause it's like, you Mm -hmm. know, you, you have to train the people how to treat you. Mm -hmm. So they're going to keep doing what they do by your boundaries. Mm -hmm. So people are going to do what they do, but it's like you, your boundaries are you're responsible for yourself. So it's like, you can say you have boundaries, but if you don't enforce them, then the other person's going to do what they do. And then you to keep getting mad at them for doing what they already do and what you allow them to do at the end of the day is what you're doing. You're allowing them to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not smart. It's like very stupid. It's like people yeah. can only treat you how you let them treat you. Now, the first time, okay, maybe could have been a mistake. The second time, you know, I gave you benefit of the doubt, but like, I feel like after the third time or at the third time, if you kind of know, like, this is just something that they're intentionally going to do. So you have to decide how you're going to navigate. And that's not just with co-parenting. That's with anybody in your life, including your child. Like we all know. So sometimes you have to treat them like your child also, because you also have to remember this is your co-parent. This is somebody who you used to be in a relationship with. They're used to being, to having a certain type of access to you. you That makes sense. Yeah. You have to change how that access is given and set those boundaries because when you're married it's like even if you're upset you guys are coming home to the same house and you have to kind of like rush to get like together to have that conversation but now it's like I don't have to do that Mm -hmm. and you have to learn very quickly that you cannot do that because now you know 
you're not gonna get a response from me. I don't care if you need to come get her shoes. Yeah. Go get her another pair right now because you're yeah. not getting a response from me. You cannot come over here. And yeah. that's just that. So now you know every time you say something that is out of line, that is disrespectful, or you know it's triggering because it's like you know me. So mm-hmm. you know what you said. And yeah. You know what you did. So it's like, I don't care how minor it is. You can't do that because if you expect me not to do that to you, because I try not to get into verbal arguments because I'm very like cutthroat. And mm-hmm. then I'm one of those people that, oh, I'm going to say something petty that doesn't even matter. Like, oh, you're ugly today or your hair looks crappy. Like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to say some stuff that's like some real stuff that mm-hmm. like, really bothers you I'm like a mental freaking terrorist that's why I try to shut up <laughs> like leave you're me a alone. mental terrorist, yeah, terrorist I'm gonna oh say God. something to where it's gonna go into your mind right now mm-hmm. and you're gonna wake up at 3 a.m the next day and be like yo she really said that like yes that's the type of stuff that I throw out so like I really even try not to go there just like just leave me alone and like just focus on our child if it's not really about her you know education or her health it's really nothing for us to discuss. And at that point, I just feel like, well, you know, she's in school, she's eight, she can, she can communicate for herself. Mm-hmm. So we both have access to like her doctors, her teachers, her therapists. So it's nothing truly that me and him have to actually directly communicate about other than what time are we meeting up to, you know, exchange our child. Other than that, everything is kind of like self done. So even down to, oh, summer programs, okay, cool. Yeah. All you have to do is just send me a, a quick text. Hey, I want to enroll her in this program or I enrolled her in this program. Okay, cool. I'm not doubting your decisions because I know you don't have any bad intentions for our child. So mm-hmm. do what you think is best and I'm going to roll with it. Yeah. Anything outside of that, that's what I have a problem with. Yeah, that's awesome. The yeah. Your structure, the thing that I love the most is that you literally have like structured your thoughts around this. Like, I love it. Like you have structured your thoughts, you've structured your life, you've structured your, you know, your feelings, you know how you're going to react if this happens. I absolutely love that. You've like planned it ahead of time and it's phenomenal. Like you have to, because like it was one point where I was like literally going crazy and I was like calling my therapist every day and she's like, hey, I'm letting you know, like. She called me one day. It was like, I was checking in on you because I want to let you know that um, you've used up your allotted. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. She's like, you've reached your limit. <laughs> right. She's like, I'm trying to apply for an extension. But I'm just letting you know that she used it up for um, the first half of the year. And oh she told me this in February. And I'm oh like, goodness. what am I supposed to do until June? Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So it just, and then also I just got tired of being like angry all the time and like blaming him and just being like triggered. Like when I'm in a good mood and I get a text, like I got tired of that and it was affecting like my, my work. Like I couldn't focus. I couldn't sleep. Like it, it messes with you. So it's like, I had to, again, I had to take responsibility. I had to have car, car conversation with myself. My best friend had to tell me about myself. My stepmom literally flew out here one night. I called her after one of our arguments. I was like crying and I was just like so upset because I felt like I had been doing like so good. And then like our way just blew up because I clearly wasn't doing as good as what I thought I was doing. Yeah. And like I called her like all crying and I was just like so upset and she just hung up. She's like, I'm calling you back. And I'm like, okay, like I'm. That was helpful. 
right? <laughs> I'm trying to vent right now. Mm-hmm. And then next thing I know, I get a text message and she has a flight itinerary for her flying in the next night. And she's oh, like, awesome. I'm coming out there to get, get you together. And I'm just like, <sighs> I'm like, I don't know how in trouble I am right now. Yeah. That's a blessing though. That's huge. I mean, it is. She's literally like a godsend and like, she gets me together all the time. I can talk to her about anything, like both of my moms, like, cause yeah. that's my bonus mom, my stepmom. And then I have my biological mom and we're just very close. Like they both know like everything. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I don't, I'm very close knit with like my siblings and my That's my great. And do you feel so, like that also, allows you to be a better co-parent to have that like mental emotional and maybe even like babysitting or you know whatever support yeah definitely um well here I don't really have I have like my babysitter which is actually one of my really good friends her daughter who's in high school Mm -hmm. and Kelsey just loves her so much um so you know that's perfect and then you know lucky for me she's very similar to how Kelsey is they're both just kind of like out the way type of kids and you know don't really like to do too much they like to have their fun they come back home mm-hmm. so it's like she's mostly always available for me when I need her last minute which is great so yeah and it is about having a support system but most importantly because most of my support system is not here physically you know having those FaceTime talks or being able to call them you know it's a very big deal but also your support system should also be people who are not going to fluff you and bullshit you like mm-hmm. I'm very big on check me when I am doing wrong because I'm not perfect. And I know I sometimes do stuff how my auntie says, baby, that's out of order. But <laughs> out of um, order, I love it. You know, when you you let your emotions get the best of you. And it's like, again, you get to that point when you're going through the process of not taking care of yourself. So when I called my stepmom that night, you know, all hysterical, it's because of a two-week time period where I wasn't taking care of myself. So that's how I got to that point. Mm-hmm. So taking care of yourself is a daily thing because mentally it will mess you up. And then at that point, anything can trigger you. That's very powerful. And thank you for sharing that uh, story. And I think it's awesome that you also kind of that, you know, the stepmom thing kind of came into it because it's a really good example of, you know, having that emotional support and having those people to kind of check you, (laughs) right? Yeah, exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. We definitely people around us who can put us in our place when mm-hmm. we are stepping out of line. Yeah. I have a podcast coming up that's airing in October. And this particular guest has some, you know, like abuse issue, you know, like she was abused and, and that kind of thing. So she actually told me about an app called Our Family Wizard. And literally, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you don't even have to talk to him ever again. Like with this app, <laughs> like you I literally don't have uh, to. Yeah. yeah. I think sometimes when, well, my situation, I've tried to facilitate like different communication methods. So I mm-hmm. did hear about the app. Um, we have implemented, implemented that. We actually started moving our communication to emails, which mm. is even better. Yeah. So, um, but sometimes like, you know, when it's, you know, picking it with the, you know, the transfer of the child on days that are not from school, mm-hmm. that's when the text needs to be used. Cause obviously that's more immediate. Yeah. But so far this new method is working, that's but good. It doesn't, I do know that I have other options. <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So is there anything that you want to kind of leave us with and if anybody is in this situation where either a they're thinking about, you know, like separating or divorce or b they're in that 
stage of separation and divorce or C, they've been in it for a while and they're struggling. Like, yeah. So I have yeah. a thing for all of that. If you're thinking about leaving your partner, do it because you're thinking about it for a reason. And it's not like this is your first thought. You've been thinking about it. You've been trying to make it work. And at the end of the day, you have to be honest with yourself. And okay, quick story. How I decided to leave my partner was I was watching The Good Doctor. Mm-hmm. And it like the episodes just kept happening to where everybody kept getting to notice that they're going to die like so soon. And they're like, yeah, you have three months to live, four months to live. And I'm like, what if I went to the doctor and said, they told me I only have three months to live. It's like, is this the life I want to die living? Because wow. I was already thinking about leaving, but then I was just like, I don't want to die with this being my life. Mm-hmm. So that was it. That's all it took. I wow. had to say it. I was going to leave. So if you have, at that point, we had been breaking up at a better part of like two and a half years already. Mm-hmm. So hey, if you, whatever you decide you need to do to make you and your child happy, uh, do it. Because you're, now you're doing a favor which may not look like it on the front end, but you're doing a favor for everyone involved. You, your child, and your partner, for one. For two, if you guys are in the household, you know, arguing all the time, your child is experiencing that. So it's definitely better for you guys to be separate and have a good relationship or a semi-good relationship or even a non-existent relationship than to have your child grow up in that space where they're seeing their parents pretty much hate each other. Because Mm -hmm. now how do you expect your child to have a a positive relationship with anyone when they think that they have to endure a negative situation just because you know you're married and you have kids so now you're training them and teaching them that hey no matter what if I make a certain type of commitment I have to stick through it no matter how it's making me feel yeah so you don't want to train your child to think that or to do that and also anyone who's going through the process lean on your child lean on your support system especially your child, your child understands a whole lot more than you think they do. And you completely being honest with them and not babying them and don't give them hope for a relationship that you don't think is going to work out or going to get back with them. Be completely honest with them and let them know that it's going to be okay, that they get now two of everything. They get to have, how I told my child, you get to have more people to love you now. Because mm-hmm. when mommy gets into a new relationship, he's probably going to come with his own set of family or his other kids. He's going to love you. You're going to have more siblings. So focus on the positive side on what that looks like on the other end for your child and do understand that they do feel away. And again, if you guys are having that communication barrier, talk to it through a therapist. Me and Kelsey actually have mother-daughter sessions twice a month where we just literally get to have that time to do exercises and games together with our therapist. So it also allowed her to be a lot more open to where now she can communicate with me outside of those sessions on stuff that she thinks that she wouldn't be able to talk to me beforehand. Mm -hmm. So that's great. On all stages, take Mm -hmm. care of yourself. You're doing the other person a favor. It's going to hurt fine. Cry it out. Make you a playlist. If you need a playlist, hit me up again. Mm -hmm. I'll be there. Need a wine date. We can cry it out together and I'll give you a a really good pep talk. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this. This is going to be extremely helpful to so many women and I absolutely love it. So where can people find you online? Like where can they connect with you to get the playlist or the wine date? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So pretty much anywhere you can search me on Facebook, um, Tyronica Gibson, 
all my profiles are public because honestly, I feel like if you have something high, don't post it, right? Mm-hmm. On Instagram, I am at love underscore R-O-N-I. So love Ronnie, love underscore Ronnie. That's pretty much like my handle for like everything, including like Twitter. Um, don't be on my Twitter. That's where I go and talk shit. Mm-hmm. Get it off my chest. Okay. And yeah, so, you know, hit me up on, you know, Facebook or, you know, you go to the Prayer and Playground website, the contact form goes directly to me also. So you can pretty much just Google my name and you can, you can find me. Awesome. Well, I will put the link to the Parent Playground website in there. And if you are in the Las Vegas area, that is a great place to find events for your kids and also connect with other parents. So, yep. Awesome. Well, thank you for very, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This is great. Definitely. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Determined Mom Show. We appreciate you. And we would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This will help us reach as many other moms as we can. Don't forget to download your 10 things you should be doing to get more clients from Google search guide at rebrand.ly forward slash Google 10. 